Man, I'm glad you're here. It's summertime. Come on, who's pumped about summer? We're a week into it. Uh, some of y'all parents are already like, when is school starting back? <laughs> I know, because I thought that once this week. <laughs> hey, I'm glad you're here. Go ahead and pull out your notes. Uh, we're kicking off a brand new series called Long Story Short. For those of you that don't know me, my name is Brandon Doss. I'm one of the pastors here. Um, and we're, I love this month of June. It's really about every year we kind of go through some sort of teaching, uh, in, we always teach through the Bible, but we, um, we really kind of go through a book of the Bible or specifics as it relates to some sort of teaching related to stories or books. And uh, this year, we're really actually going to be talking through, it says long story short, all month long, we're going to be talking through some more obscure stories in Scripture. Uh, probably, I would venture to say that most of us probably haven't, gone, haven't really read much about some of the things we're going to be talking about this month. Uh, most of us have heard all of the big stories, right? Come on, y'all, we're in the Bible Belt. Most of us have heard of David and Goliath and Jonah, uh, the Jonah story. We've heard of, uh, you know, the, the, the acts of Moses and all of the big stuff, right? Jesus walking on the water, raising the dead, all of that kind of stuff. And, and then there are, some, there are some snippets throughout Scripture that are equally as powerful through scripture, throughout the Bible, that many of us probably just haven't read or heard of. And, and so all month long, the month of June, we're going to be talking through those passages of scripture. And it's important. Let me tell you why it's important. Uh, if you've got your notes, pull them out. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. This is the value of it. All scripture. Everybody say all. One, two, three. All scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and it teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. I love this scripture because it's a reminder. All of it's valuable. All of it makes uh, is useful for all of us. Now, I love this, and I love pointing this part out because it's a reminder to us all. God uses it to prepare and equip his who? His what? His, his people. His people. Now, I want to remind all of us as followers of Jesus. Like this, as a follower of Jesus, the word of God is our standard on how we live our lives. Hey, y'all, it's not the standard for culture around us. We, don't, we, we live in a post-Christian culture. And so it's, it's our responsibility to live our lives submitted to the truth we find in God's word. And our submitted lives make the difference in the culture and sphere of influence that God's placed in our lives. So in other words, I would encourage us all, let's not, just, let's not walk around trying to hold a bunch of people who don't know who Jesus is accountable to, who, to anything Jesus says. Um, they, they don't know Jesus yet. Let's let them get to know Jesus and then let Jesus work that part out. I've never in my life, I've, been, I've gone fishing a whole lot of times in my life. I, I love fishing. Y'all know what I ain't ever done? I ain't ever caught a fillet. <laughs> a cleaned up fillet out of the out of the pond. You know what I mean? Like we don't that's not our job. Jesus said I'm going to make you what? Fishers of men. And we're going we're going we're going to do our part. We're going to live our lives in a way that honors God, submitted to his word, all of it, all scripture, front to back, even the stuff we hadn't heard, we're going to submit to it. And then we're going to let God do the rest, right? And so today it's important because there's a lot of things in the Bible that maybe you go, "Oh, I never read that. I never heard about that." 
That, as a follower of Jesus, that doesn't, that doesn't, um, it doesn't negate us from still needing to submit to the truth of it. All right? And so there's a passage of Scripture in 1 Chronicles chapter 4, verses 9 uh, and 10 that talk about an obscure man. Uh, only mentioned once all throughout the Bible. This is the only time it's ever talked about. His whole life story is wrapped up in two verses. Now, you go, man, that's not a lot. Well, the good news is if you read through Chronicles, there's, uh, there's about 500 people that all that's mentioned is their name, right? Like a person, a name. And then in First uh, Chronicles verses, uh, chapter 4, verses 9 and 10 gives us a, a whole biography about a person. So it's on the screens. Uh, you can read it with me. It says, there was a man named Jabez who was more honorable than his brothers. His mother named him Jabez because his birth had been painful. He was, one, he was the one who prayed, God of Israel, oh, that you would bless me. Expand my territory. Please be with me in all that I do and keep me from all trouble and pain. Now, if you've, uh, if you've ever prayed anything over time and, and been difficult to get an answer, this can be very encouraging to you. It says, and God granted his request. Hey, y'all, this is it. The entire biography and history of everything we know about Jabez. Most of us have never heard of this story. Most of us have never heard of this little bitty snippet in Scripture. And the reason is because it is uh, found in a book that most of us push fast forward through if we're ever reading. First uh, Chronicles uh, chapters 1 through 9 is, actually, is literally the family tree of Israel. It goes from Adam all the way to them being uh, returning from exile. Uh, thousands of years of documented family tree. Um, it's, it's long and it's boring. Chapter 4, for example, the descendants of Judah, Perez, Hebron, Carmi, Hur, Shobel, Ahumai, I can't even read them, Ishmael, Idbash, Anub. I mean, come on, y'all. You get about six or seven in, you're like, blah, 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 blah. you know what I mean? Am I the only one who reads the Bible that way? Huh? You get to a little point and you're reading and you're like, blah, 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 blah. and then the Lord said, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> come on, y'all, y'all ain't, y'all ain't, y'all bunch of liars, y'all do the same thing, <laughs> right? Like it's, it's just a brief little, right, little moment in, in scripture. And if we're not careful, we overlook it because it's found hiding in the least read section of one of the least read books in all of the Bible. And I'm going to give you, listen, here, here's the deal. You're forgiven. It's okay. We've all done it. It can be boring, right, to read thousands of years of somebody's family tree. I ain't going to do that for my own family tree. You know what I mean? Like, like it's just a long, drawn-out thing. And when you get into reading, and I don't know about y'all, but when I get in, I, I go through the Bible every year, first, uh, the one-year Bible. And usually when I get around First Chronicles, like, the first, like you start reading the first couple of chapters of it, and it literally, like you can feel sleep forming in your eyes as you read sometimes, you know? Like, I get it. It's okay. But the problem with that reality of us just kind of fast forward is we miss sometimes some really, really powerful parts in those realities. And that's why Scripture says, hey, it's all important. All of it, every bit of it was, was inspired by God 
to correct us, inspire us, teach us, and equip us. And I believe this is an equipping verse. I really do believe this. There's something about this guy named Jabez. Like, like you see name after name after name after name. And then all of a sudden, the historian gets into it, right? He's four chapters in. Name, 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 name. And then something caused him to go, Paul's you need to know something else a little bit more about this guy. Like, he's head and shoulders above everybody else. Like, there is something different about Jabez. He's the one who prayed. Isn't that cool? Like, I think that they knew about the prayer, but a lot of people didn't know who did it. And Because he said, he's the one who did this. He's the one who made this prayer, and God granted his request. Like, we don't know much. All we know about Jabez, all we know is that life started out a little rough, He said this like four-point, pretty powerful, obscure prayer, and things ended up pretty extraordinarily well for him. That's all we know. That's it. What if that was about like what if that was like the the documentation of our life, right? We've gone through everything and like we've gone, we've lived our life, and we get to a point in the uh, in the Bible in which it says, for most people, it said, and this person was born. Done. (laughs) You lived your whole life, and that's all that's recorded about you. And this little bitty snippet for him, there's two sentences. He lived his whole life, but he said this prayer, and God, and it made all the difference in his life. So the time, the rest of our time today, I want to kind of knock, I want to, I want to walk through the prayer that he prayed. The title of your message today that we uh, wrote down is a prayer that works. Has anybody ever prayed and prayed? And prayed, and just seems like nothing happened. Nothing's working. Prayer's not working. Well, see, here's the reality. We know that prayer works. The Bible reminds us that prayer works. It's a promise in Scripture that prayer works. Jesus said this in the New Testament. He said, when you pray, if you pray, anything you pray according to the will of the Father, what does he say? It will be given to you. That's a big promise. And, the, and, and that hurts sometimes when we pray a lot of things and we don't see answers to those prayers. Because here's what I want to encourage you today. I want to remind you something. I want to write this down. Prayer was never designed to change God's mind. Prayer is designed to align me with his will. That's what it's for. He said anything you pray according to his will. Jesus said it this way. We talked about it in last week's message. That there's coming a day when many people will say, Lord, Lord. I did this in your name and that in your name, and I cast out demons in your name, and we performed many miracles in your name. And Jesus is going to say, what is he going to say? Yeah, but I never knew you. He said, only those who do the will of my Father will enter into the kingdom of heaven. So it doesn't matter what we do in his name. It matters what we do in his will. And prayer aligns us with his will. Will, a prayer that works. And you're going to see, if at first glance, if you just read through this prayer, you're like, what's the big deal? I've prayed this kind of stuff my whole life. Like, why, why has it worked for him and didn't work for me? Well, you're going to realize through today, my hope is that we understand the motive behind the prayer. Uh, what do you mean motive? Well, James says it this way. James says in the book of James chapter 5, he says, you don't, you don't receive anything because you don't ask. And he says, even when you ask, you don't receive it because your motives are wrong. Your motives are wrong. And if you're a parent in here, you know that truth. 
You know that reality. Sometimes your kids can say the right thing with the wrong motive and you recognize what it is. And just because they said the right thing but they got the wrong motive, you recognize it. And any good parent's going to call them right out on it, right? Like, you get it. You said the right thing, but I know your heart and it's evil. <laughs> right? Come on, mom and dad. You know, you said it. I know what you're doing, trying to, trying to butter me up. You ain't getting nothing. Man, parenting is such a good example of God and us, right? That's a reality. So what does it look like for us to pray a prayer that works with the right motive and heart behind it? I think it's life-changing. So let's pray, and we'll dive in to talk about it. Father, we love you. Man, we're thankful for your word, that it is alive and breathing for us. We just read it in 2 Timothy. It, um, it corrects us. It molds us. It shows us the right and wrong way to live our lives. And today I pray what you promised in your word, that it equips us for every good work you've called us to. God, I know there are people, there are followers of Jesus in this room who are breathing and have a work to do. And so, Father, I pray we walk out of this place equipped today to do that work. You'll get all the honor and glory for it. In Jesus' name, come we all said it? Amen. All right, number one, if you're writing this down online, if you're typing this down wherever you are, write this down. The first thing he says is, God, I need you to bless me. Oh, that you would bless me. In the original, uh, not the original text, but it is in the original language. It's, it's, a, it's a phrase that a lot of translations actually talk about. They, they insert the word indeed. Oh, that you would bless me indeed. That word indeed, it's like multiple exclamation points. Like he was passionate about that declaration. God, I need you to bless me. And I don't need to just bless, bless me a lot. God, I need your favor on my life. The Bible talks about it this way in Proverbs chapter 10, verse 22. The blessing, the Lord's blessing, it's our greatest wealth. All our work adds nothing to it. It's our greatest wealth. There's nothing that we could accumulate this side of heaven that would be better than the blessing of God on your life. Now, here's the problem in our culture and day and age is if you just read that out of context and you read it the way a lot of people try to read it, 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 has, a, it has just a hint of like a prosperity gospel on it, doesn't it? It's got the hint of um, like how most of us have prayed in our lives. You go, okay, bless me. Yeah, man, I've prayed that a thousand times. I've asked God to bless me and I've asked God to do things for me. He said that you would bless me. But listen, as far as we can tell... Let's talk about Jabez just a little bit and the why behind that phrase. As far as we can tell, historically, he lived in the southern part of Israel after the conquest of Canaan during the time of the judges. If you read the book of Judges, this was a time in which there was a cycle, right? Israel would honor God and love God, then they would fall into sin. And because they fell into sin, they would cry out to God for him to forgive them and save them. God would send them a judge. They would be rescued. There would be a season of prosperity. And in that season of prosperity, they would walk away from God. They would fall into sin. And then it would cycle all over again. This was the cycle that most people lived in, the nation of Israel. It said, in that day, Israel had no king, and every man did what was right in his own eyes, okay? That was the season. That was the, that was the environment, the culture in which Jabez lived. Instead, instead, we see that Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. We see that. We read that in the passage. And he prayed, God, that you would bless me. He prayed the same prayer that probably everybody else prayed, except with a different motive. That's the difference maker. He said, pray, God, I need you to bless me indeed. Now, most of us have probably prayed that prayer, but we prayed it with this motive behind us. God, I need you to bless me with, God, I need 
this in my life. Anybody ever brought a good idea to God? Huh? God, I think if you could just bless me with this particular thing, everything would be great. I would be a much better follower of Jesus if you would give me this. You know what I mean? Like, we've been there. Like, that's the motive behind it, but that's, the, that's not the motive that he prayed with. Like, we know that Jabez had a pretty rough name. Now, we read Jabez and go, okay, that's not that bad. But this was a name in his day and age that every kid would have loved to hate. This was a name in his day and age that every kid uh, that was not named that probably were pretty good at ridiculing somebody named that. The Bible says his mom, his mother named him Jabez because of his birth. It brought so much pain. Now, we don't know why it brought so much pain. Maybe it was some kind of child birthing trauma, right? Maybe it was some kind of pain there. Or maybe it was emotional. Maybe she named him that because of all of the things in life that led up to that moment. It's interesting to note that his mother named him. This was a day and age and a time in, uh, uh, in culture in which women didn't get that, didn't get that right. It, a name was given by a father. The fact, that the, mother, the fact that his mother named him is a, is a really good indicator that dad was no longer in the picture. Maybe he died. Maybe he passed away. Maybe, maybe, maybe he found out she was pregnant and said, I don't want that in my life and walked away. Maybe every day from the time his, her son was born, she was reminding him, every time I look at you, I'm reminded of your father. And every time I'm reminded of your father, I'm reminded of what he did. And all of the turmoil and all of the pain and all of the anxiety that wrapped up in that was placed on him in the name that he was given. We don't know why. We can speculate. What we do know is he was given a name that not only reminded him of his past, but see, in, in the Old Testament, when a name was given, it was given prophetically. Every name given was given not only to talk, not only to remind them of a past, but it was a, it was a name given to show them their destiny. And so when you see people named in the Old Testament, it, it brings great honor. You want, everybody wants to go, I'm going to give my son a biblical name. You know, we're going to give him something good. Uh, and even names like Jacob, Jacob meant deceiver. He was, his name was changed, right? His destiny was changed. Jabez's name meant pain and sorrow. Not only did you bring pain and sorrow, but your destiny is to bring pain and sorrow to everybody you meet in your life. The heaviest burden of his, of his name wasn't necessarily the pain that it caused, but the future that was being promised to him. My question to us today is, what, it, what are the labels that you've carried in your life? Come on, what's the names that you've been given by things in your life? Maybe, maybe your label is, man, my divorce runs in my family, my my dad was divorced, my granddaddy was divorced, my great-granddaddy was divorced, my aunt, my uncle, divorce just runs in my family, and it just is what it is. Maybe it's addiction, maybe that same story is for you, an addiction. We've always struggled, and I don't know how we're going to get out of it. Maybe it's financial, maybe you can say from generation to generation, there was never any opportunity for my family, there was never any uh, space for my family, and, and as a result, we've just always struggled financially, and as a result of all the things that has happened, that's just going to be my lot in life as well. You said what's, what's crazy about all of that is Jabez was a guy that had every reason to accept his lot in life, except he chose not to. Except something in him gave him courage to say, I know what my name says. I know the label that I'm carrying. But God, if you could just bless me. 
If you could, just bless me. And I'm not even going to, I'm not even bringing my preconceived ideas as to what that needs to look like. I just want you to bless me. Whatever it is your plan is, whatever it is your will is, I just want a lot of it. Because God, something inside of me suggests that your, your plan is greater than my plan. Your will, greater than my will. Your ways, higher than my ways. I just believe that, that, that everything that you think about me, it's got to be better than all the stuff that I've thought about. So God, I just need you to bless me. What if we could muster up the courage to overcome our own labels and our own lives and say, God, whatever it is you have, man, this ain't working. So, God, please, please bless me indeed. The enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy, y'all. The enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy. The enemy comes to hold you down, to push that label right up on you. But Jesus said it this way, but I've come to give you, uh, like we can see, it was more than just a request for, like, real estate. It was bigger than just, a, I need a better job. It was bigger than, I, I would like a nicer home, a better car. Like, expand my territory. What was he praying? He was literally praying for influence, to make a bigger impact in the world around him for the glory of God. That's the context in which he was praying. God, expand my territory. God, I come from a small amount of influence. I, my, my dad wasn't even in the picture. My mom had to name me. And God mighty, she didn't even give me a good name. Like, I got a crappy name, a crappy situation, a crappy circumstance. My job stinks. My life stinks. My friends make fun of me. God, I need you to bless me and you got to get me out of this mess expand my territory right like that's his life that's the life he was living and he prayed it and he recognized something huge listen to this in Zechariah chapter 4 this is what he recognized that I think many much of Israel recognized like this is when Israel is being brought back into exile Zerubbabel is being given an example he's been given instruction to go rebuild the temple and he's like how am I going to do that I'm not strong enough to do that he recognized it. Jabez recognized it. The prophet recognized it. Then he said to me, this is what the Lord says to you, Zerubbabel. It's not by force or strength, but by my spirit, says the Lord of heaven's armies. Nothing, not even a mighty mountain will stand in Zerubbabel's way. It'll become a level plain before him. And when Zerubbabel sets the final stone of the temple in place, the people will shout, may God bless it. May God bless it. Let me explain something to you. When God begins to expand your territory, when you pray that kind of powerful prayer, and it's not motives. The motive is pure. God bless me. Use me for your glory. I'm telling you, if God is in it, no man can ever thwart it. There is nothing, not by my might, not by my spirit. It's by the power and presence of God. When God begins to expand your influence and in people around you, you'll notice that only God could have done it. Only he could have done it. If he, was, if he was a worker on Wall Street, he probably would have said something like this. Lord, increase the value of my portfolio. If he was a single mom, he probably would have prayed like this. Lord, I need you to add to my family your favor over our relationships. Multiply our influence. Multiply my household. God, just open, the, open opportunities for me to make a difference in my sphere of influence. If you're here today and that word, expand my territory, it could easily mean whatever your context is. God, I'm breathing. I'm here. I don't want to just take up air. I don't want to just waste time and spend my wheels. God, give me influence in my sphere fear with what I'm doing. You got people on your job, people in your neighborhood, people in your community who need your expression of what God is doing in your life and that's going to make the difference in their life. Expand my territory. 
I remember when we planted the church. I remember God asking, asking God to expand our territory, expand our influence, and that not, not making sense at all, going, man, I, how in the world are we going to do that? But us walking and, uh, walking and stepping out in faith and God providing everything that we needed in the process. I remember growing to the point where we had no space in the little bitty building that we were in and, and going, God, how are we going to do this? And we feel like and we say in that prayer, God, I need, we need you to expand that influence and territory. And we, we began to plant a new campus in Columbiana, and that not really making sense on paper, but we stepped out on faith, and God expanded our territory. And it can go on and on and on again. I guarantee you, if you think twice, you can look back over times in your life where you found circumstances and you thought to yourself, how in the world is this going to happen? And yet God made it happen. God, expand our territory. We got a guy, a man in our Columbiana campus, many of you know, Mike Nicholas. And I remember sitting down with Mike uh, early on in his uh, faith journey and him beginning to wrestle with generosity and figuring out what that looked like for him. And, and we began to pray through it and talk about it and, and disciple one another. And I just began to challenge him. Mike, just look for opportunities to be generous. Just do it. Just say yes. God, I'm going to tell you something, Mike. God, the devil will never tell you to help somebody. You ain't got to pray about an opportunity to be generous. You ain't got to pray about an opportunity to help anybody. Like God will never bring somebody into your path in which he, you can't or he's not providing a way for you to serve and help. He'll never expand your territory into areas that he is not equipping you to make a difference. And I remember the first time he began to just be generous and he used to come back and go, bro, you ain't going to believe this. God just keeps providing more resource. I just keep giving it away and he just keeps bringing more to me. Listen, you could never tell Mike Nicholas today like any other thing except God. God has blessed him with it. He has expanded his territory into a gift of giving, and he will not. You couldn't tell him today, Mike, stop giving that stuff away. What are you doing, man? He's like, you don't understand. I can't give. I'll give God. Like, I'm just going to keep doing it, and God just keeps providing it. He said, you need to try. He's talking other people into it. He's like, you got to try this. I'm telling you. Because he prayed a simple prayer, and God answered and said yes, and it increased his influence. It's a big deal. Expand my territory. When you start asking earnest things like that, when you start begging, when you start asking God for more influence and responsibility to which to honor him, I promise you, y'all, God's going to open doors. He's going to bring opportunity. And you know what it's going to do? It's going to scare you. You're going to be like, mm, mm, I don't know if that's him. I don't know. We need to pray about that. That looks hard. God, use us. Expand our territory. Foster care. Mm. Adoption. Ah. Giving this. Selling this and doing that. Ah. It'll be scary. You'll always feel fear when you begin to see God expand your territory. There will always be moments of, is that really? I can't do that. I'm not strong enough to do that. 100% you're not strong enough to do that. It's a reminder. I love the next thing that he prayed because he prayed, expand my territory. And then he got a little overwhelmed. So he realized, oh, I need you to be with me. Come on, I need you to be with me. I can't do this. Hey, I spared my territory. God, that was so stupid. Why you got to pray that, man? I don't, how am I going to get out of this? How am I going to make this look? God, you're going to look so stupid if you don't show up. Because I'm stepping out on faith. 
Be with me. Your hand. I need. had to hire somebody to do that one. She was going to kill us all. <laughs> you are going to drown us all. I remember teaching Shepherd to swim. And, and, and Shepherd, man, loves the water, loves swimming. And for the longest time, man, he's the bravest person on earth in the shallow end. You know what I mean? Dad, I don't need you. Matter of fact, you're embarrassing me. Could you step away from here? Right? Until he gets in a little over his head. Y'all know who he starts calling? Dad! When it gets overwhelming, come on, parents. When your kids are overwhelmed, they're the first name they hear, right? Hey, I need your help. Don't let go. Don't let go. I'm, I'm cool being in the deep end as long as you are here with me. I remember teaching my son to swim and having to get him out in the deep end and let go. <laughs> and then flail around and flop around. And Y'all know my dad taught me to swim. Y'all know, how, y'all know how I was taught to swim? Huh? Sink or swim, son. Right? I did not know. In the moment, I did not know that he was never going to let me sink. In the moment, I did not know. There's no way he's going to let me die. As a matter of fact, I remember, because I, 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 it took me a while to learn to swim. and um, I, I, I remember being in the deep end thinking, God, I hope somebody arrests him <laughs> for murder. <laughs> like, I'm dying. I'm going to the bottom. He's going to spend the rest of his days in jail over teaching me to swim, right? You're just going to let me die? He wasn't going to let me die. He had, in Chronicles chapter 16, it says this. At that time, Hannah and I... The seer came to King Asa and told him, Because you have put your trust in the king of Aram instead in the Lord your God. Listen to this. Listen. You missed your chance to destroy the army of the king of Aram. Don't you remember what happened to the Ethiopians and Libyans and their vast army with all their chariots and charioteers? At the time, you relied on the Lord and he handed them over to you. The eyes of the Lord search the whole earth in order to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. Here's my question. How many times have we missed our chance? Because we hadn't trusted in the right source. He said, because you hadn't trusted in God. He said, listen, y'all. He said, there was a time. Don't you remember last time you trusted in God? He delivered you. But because you didn't this time, you missed your chance. Church, don't miss your chance. Don't miss the opportunity. Don't miss the possibility. You and I are always, y'all, one plea away from miracle kind of stuff. One ask. Expand that territory. But God, be with me. My trust is in you. Last thing I'll share with you. As he said, because I'm trusting you and because I know there's going to be Some things that come with that. God, I need you to keep me. Jabez said, I need you to keep me from all pain and harm. I need you to protect me in this process. God, I'm going to do whatever. God, use me. Here I am. Use me. Use me in my neighborhood. Use me in my family. Use me on Thanksgiving. Use me at Christmas. Use me in my job. Whatever it is, God, I don't, I'm, not, I'm not trying to tell you what to do. I'm just telling you I'm available to you. Whatever that looks like, use me, but God, protect me in the process. Jesus even said that in Matthew 6, 13. And don't, don't, don't let us yield to temptation, but what? Rescue us from the evil one. With all of heaven at his disposal, Jesus prayed for deliverance from evil. Isn't that, that's significant. 
He even prayed for deliverance. I love this. 2 Corinthians 10 says this. We are human. But we don't wage war as humans do. We use God's mighty weapons. Not worldly weapons to knock down strongholds of human reasoning and to destroy false arguments. We destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. We capture their rebellious thoughts. What do we say? And we submit them to Christ. God, protect me. Use me for your glory. It's important in moments of like this. Like when the enemy finds us. Y'all, let me tell you something. When you pray a prayer like this, God, bless me. Use me. Expand my horizon. Let your hand be upon me. But I need you to keep me. Because let me tell you something. Anytime you step up and you start doing anything for God in your family, in your neighborhood, in your community, you draw a target from the enemy. The enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He's coming. And that's why it's important in moments like this that we learn to pray the word of God. It's in moments like this that we learn to say, God, keep me. Father, thank you that greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. God, keep me. God, thank you that your hand is upon my life. Like when the enemy comes in like a flood, hey, you raise up a standard against it. We pray this kind of stuff all the time. You cause all things to work together for the good of those that love you and are called according to your purpose. Like if you're for me, who can be against me? you got to learn to go, God, I need you to keep me. And let me tell you how he keeps you. He keeps you in his word. He keeps you. What does it look like for me to pray a prayer that works? I'm going to pray for you. Will you bow your heads and close your eyes? Listen, our band's going to come. They're going to play some music. Nothing funny or weird, I promise. You're here today, and your first step really needs to be what Jabez prayed. Oh, God, bless me. What does that mean? It was specific. He was saying, God, here I am. I'm tired of doing it in my own strength and my own ability and my own preconceived ideas. If I'm honest, none of that's worked out for me. Jabez, man, my name, my history, my life, it's never worked out. But God, I'm just submitted to you. Maybe that's your prayer today. God, I'm just, I'm, I'm just available to you. You said you so loved the world that you gave your only son and he died on behalf for me so that I can be reconciled. God bless me. I receive it. Jesus, forgive me. I'm repentant. Forgive me of my sin. I'm sorry I've done it in my own strength. I'm sorry I've been so arrogant and prideful to think I had a better way. God, I just want your way. Forgive me of my sin. I accept you as my Savior. From this day forward, I'm going to live a life that honors you. Expand my horizon. Oh, that your hand would be with me from this day forward. Oh, that you would keep me from evil. That you would keep me from temptation. That you would come in like a flood and raise up a standard. I'm tired of fighting on my own. I thank you for salvation. You'll get all the honor for it in Jesus' name.